Because he's not really he's not playing live with the drummer from Mastodon right now or anything. Right? Like yeah, yeah, he's just basically just doing shit from his house. So yeah. yeah. Uh, but you you said that he had an active Instagram though, so he must be having some kind of. Oh, that. he's got uh, forty thousand. Uh, he's got yeah. forty thousand uh, Instagram followers. He, draw, he wow. draws basically. Um, <clears throat> what should I say? Like drawings lurid. that are lurid. <laughs> that if your wife sees them, she's going to be like, "Like, oh, what are you looking at? Is that Juan? <laughs> like, is that Juan's drawing?" I'd be like, "Yeah, that's some of Juan's stuff." So <laughs> it's great though. All right, so she wanted to just get into it. Let's let's just, do all we've our. We've been uh, doing it. We're 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 we have gotten in the pool and we're swimming. So all right, good. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock, and that is Rob Elba. And we are so happy to have you guys with us. We have this is a pretty exciting day. I mean, obviously last week's episode was exciting for us, but this yeah, is exciting right. in a in a different way because we have uh, a gentleman who who was a fan of the show, and then he actually started. This is the creator of the that Facebook group got me high. The, That's uh, right. Uh, the, the that more record got me high version of our, of our Facebook, Facebook page, yeah, that yes. Facebook group, and he goes by the nom de plume of Mark Garita. So, welcome to the show, Mark Garita. Hey guys, thank you. <laughs> and just so, Mark, obviously that's not his real name. He'd rather not use it. Mark, uh, we didn't ask. Should we have gotten you one of those voice disguiser things? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah. Well, I was thinking how Barry likes uh, OK Computer so much. I thought oh, I should go with yeah. the fitter, happier voice. Right. Yeah, the fitter, happier voice. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're getting further away, though. You got to get up on that phone, Mark. Don't uh, don't okay. do that. Yeah. And um, uh, Barry, do you notice like the other week we had a a, a new patron that didn't want to shout out and yeah. now we have a guest that doesn't want to be I, I, Barry people you get the feeling yeah. people like they enjoy the show but, but they, they don't, don't necessarily want to be associated it's like tapas bar that's <laughs> right going to a yeah. tapas bar uh, let's oh, not hey, take it personal hey didn't I see you no uh, didn't I was no. not, was, not <laughs> was that you on that show no Ooh. I wouldn't uh, <laughs> those guys yeah. uh so so it's Mark. kind of daunting like it's a lot easier to just sit back and just enjoy it oh yeah no you're you're in the uh yeah. a pressure cooker now so yeah. <laughs> buckle up uh and what did you bring to the list for us to talk about today mark i brought uh vietnam heaven by shockability oh no. yeah <laughs> see now he knows how to push my buttons because i'd be like let's go uh, Let's go, but I no, think that, I did uh, no homework for that. What did you really bring? <laughs> I brought uh, "Teenager of the Year" by Frank Black. The there second you go. Solo record. Yeah. All right. So, so obviously, you must be a a Pixies fan, I'm assuming, and yeah. a uh, Frank Black, Black Francis uh, fan, whatever. Obviously, you are as as am I, and I was. I think Barry, but not as much Barry. Well, uh, I have to. I'll just. I'll just get it out of the way. I like I like this record much better than I like any Pixies record. So I, wow. I, 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 I okay. I, I enjoyed this record quite a bit. Yeah, it was quite That's a pleasure. Yeah, this is it, it, well. It's funny. All right, so this is the second solo album by uh, Charles Michael Kittredge Thompson the <laughs> Fourth. Yeah, a, aka Black Francis, aka Frank Black, and also and a person that I look enough alike that. People, I've had people. Staring, you do, yeah. People, yes. people stare me down in bars and stuff, and I have to look you at them. You really and just shake my head. do. Like, no. <laughs> That's so funny. I just, I didn't even realize that, but yeah, you really yeah. do. Uh, released in 1994, so and 26 his, years old. Wow. And his, <laughs> so, so uh, obviously, you, Mark, were a. Um, 
uh, were already a Pixies fan. And uh, did you like his first, uh, the first one? Because I did. So it I was, enjoyed it, that one. It was pretty close for me um, as far as Pixies or Frank Black. Because right. I heard the single Headache off this album. Right. And I was kind of debating buying, I was a teenager, and I was debating buying either this album or uh, Liz Fair's Whip Smart yeah. or Megadeth. And I picked those other <laughs> albums, and then I found this one a couple years later after being a Pixies fan. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot, because you're younger. We should point out you are much younger than me and Barry. Yeah, so, but well. he's, not like a, he's, not like a, he's not like a kid. He's not a kid, so no, but 14, you're younger. You were like 14 when this record came out. Exactly. Uh, Yes. So, um, and and it's funny on Wikipedia they give it kind of like not not a backhanded compliment to this, but to sort of him himself because it says, although not originally well received, the record is That's now right. widely widely yeah. praised by both critics and fans, and is often cited as the high point of Francis's post Pixies catalog. And yeah. that's like that's like a ouch because he put out like twenty it's other records. Out records but I, well, <laughs> right. like, like I said, like I said, I. I, I was, you know, I'm, I like the Pixies okay. I'm right. not a huge Pixies fan, and I like Black Francis okay or Frank Black okay. But well, I had never really listened to this record. And I put it on. I was like, wow, there's some there's some really really cool stuff on this. And I will tell you one thing that's a that's a bonus for me because when I looked in the um, Wikipedia entry for the album. It features, um, it's produced by a member of uh, Captain Beefheart's band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eric Drew Feldman. That's yes. right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you guys if you noticed that. Yeah. And also, um, uh, Jeff Morris Tepper, another Beefheart alum, plays oh, guitar plays on, on, that's right, on a couple 11, of 17. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, for me, that was like, that gives it legitimacy that nothing, almost nothing else would the you know elitist the elitist music listener you are that that not deny that not deny but that. I can well, tell, no the producer um eric du feldman he didn't just play on like one b part album he was he joined the band in 76 yeah and he uh recorded with b part all the way to so 1982 yeah yeah he was on all those yeah. records he was on shiny beast all the way through and I think he's on the shiny beast that actually never got released until recently because there was a contractual dispute with Zappa's record label. And then so he played, re- it was really 75 through 82. Yeah, he was, he's an incredible and musician. He also he was a P- big PJ Harvey. He was in her band, as I recall. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and he was a big part of uh, Frank Black's uh, solo career. He yeah. actually st- was playing, started playing with the Pixies. I, I think he met him through Perubu when he was he was playing with Perubu. Yeah, yeah if you and can I put know- up with right, if you can put up with David Thomas, pretty much there anything after that is. Up, yeah. yeah, and so Don, he was- or Don Van Vliet, Captain Beefheart, also a giant. Oh pain God, in the ass. yeah, that's right, that's right. And I imagine, yeah, uh, uh, Frank Black uh, is a bit of a pain in the ass too, as exactly. probably Kim, Kim Deal would probably agree with me. I would imagine. <laughs> Um, But, uh, you know, still made some great. He's uh, at the end of the day, he's a really good songwriter. He's probably one of my favorite songwriters. And he and he always seems to have a never ending uh, swath of musical and lyrical ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Very creative and just very. And yeah, I I figured this album, you would really like this, Barry, because this is right. A lot of this is really right. It's really good. It's really cool. And uh, we should mention that we're not talking about every it's a double album. So uh, Mark has picked out uh, 14 tracks out of the 20, 22, 22 for us to talk about. And I think he made good choices based on my listing 
Um, I think so. Yeah. Which, yeah but you, could really, li- you could listen to these 14 tracks and not realize that there was anything missing. I would say that you wouldn't. Oh be like, yeah. Yeah. Did you get it? Did, did you think like when you got this Mark, did you think it was a little like overkill or something or were, were you okay with the 22 songs? As a teenager, I didn't even really give it much thought. Right. Um, and oh yeah, cause you have one, all the time in the world. You got nothing else going on. Well, I was I was such a big. By the time that I got back and actually listened to this one, um, I had seen him live, and I got actually more familiar with these songs live um, before I even heard them on the album. So that was oh, a okay. cool way to okay. learn. Them. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Well, because then you go, wow, there was this really cool song that he played. I need to go find that, and that's exactly. Uh, yeah. And sometimes yeah. it sucks when the song live is a lot better than the song on the record, <laughs> which I don't think would be in the, this case. But I have no because it's a really good sounding record, very yeah. very live sounding, but but really good too. And he he became eventually. I know Mark, you know this. Barry may not. He became obsessed with sort of recording live in the studio. His later albums, like there were no overdubs on it. It was just, just you would up. get a yeah, band right. and yeah. you would play through, and however the version was, which which was cool. It gave it a it gave the albums a very urgency, e- yeah, sure, immediate urgent yeah. feel. But it, I, I think at some points, also in some ways, it may have been yeah. a hindrance in sure. a way. I mean, the record the court the recording studio is a tool, and yeah, you can, you can you can use it as just a documentary tool, or you can use it as a creative tool as well. So right. Uh-huh. right. But uh, yeah, so twenty two songs. I, I'm really good at sounding like I know what I'm talking about, but I, that, I'm just making shit up totally one hundred percent. So far, Barry, it's been working. You know, we're like three years <laughs> in. Gave away my secret. <laughs> you did. Maybe you should edit that out. <laughs> um, well, like one one thing that um, I think about with this record when I try to to say like one sentence to describe it. Um, it sounds to me like the feel of it is they're splitting the difference between like early rock and roll and like that really weird futuristic stuff that's in like Clockwork Orange, Barry. Yeah. There's yeah, you, there's yeah, there's rock yeah, yeah. music and there's this weird underlaying mm-hmm. you know well, stuff. And if that, you, yeah. if you hire uh, if you hire right if you hire a member of Captain Beefheart's band to produce your record, you're definitely you know that you're going to get some things that are not going to go straight. The ball, their ball's not not going to go straight down the lane and hit the pins. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. I mean, you know those um the, those guys are weirdos. They're very talented weirdos, <laughs> but they there's a reason yeah. they ended up in that band. Um, and you have to be not only a weirdo you have to be an extraordinarily talented weirdo to play with captain beefheart anyway um because he was not um he was not his music's not easy to play and people just assume that it's you know improvised and it's not it's basically learned and then you play it back so um you know eric jufeldman um you know he's a monstrously talented guy Um, yeah yeah, and I think he sort of got. I, I feel like him and uh, and uh, Frank Black felt like they they got each other in a way, yeah. and they definitely did yeah they, do, they worked a he, lot did together. He, okay, so he played in the Pixies as a 
as the, the keyboard. keyboard they added player? him okay. like for the last, yeah, for the last tour at least, maybe the last two tours, but he was there. Yeah, he played keyboard okay. with them, and he started working. You know, he was involved in the first uh, solo record he did, and then a lot of stuff after that too. He just sort of became, and even I, I, I just recently I read something really funny about this one that actually for this record, uh, Frank Black came up with a lot of music uh what he would do is he would he would sort of bring the the music to these guys and like in a demo form and they would listen to it and the band uh, you know would, would learn them but a lot of them he just had music he didn't have the lyrics yet okay. and they had and he kept bringing in more songs without lyrics and they're like you gotta write lyrics <laughs> yeah, so what right. what eric feldman him and the uh engineer just wrote him lyrics for songs <laughs> and and it and it and it, they said well just sing these for now and it, and it worked because he said they were so not that they were bad but he said basically they were bad, but they weren't him at all. So it sort of pushed him like, <laughs> oh, this is I have bullshit. I got to I gotta, I gotta right. write yeah. <laughs> Yes. I can't, I can't let this be. This is not, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We had a discussion so, uh, last week about David Lee Roth. And like he has just a set of, he has a book of phrases that he, you know, and he just goes, I need phrase number 36. And let's put that in there. And, you know, idea number 12. Oh, uh, girl gone bad. And, you know. This is more complicated than that, for sure. Now, so after after this, Mark, did you like dive heavier into Frank Black's work? Did you did you get a lot of his other albums? And oh and- yeah, no, I was pretty pretty obsessed with his music um, from like the mid '90s to like the early 2000s. Yeah, right. And it's easy to because they're great. He put out a lot of great records, and he was just really good. But so at the end of the day, though, would you say you appreciate it more than the Pixies or? Uh, oh yeah, I. I do. I, I like the Pixies, but it, it's a little bit more up my alley. The style is really different from at least the first wave of the Pixies. It is. Yeah, it is definitely. And and I feel like he sort of was following his own musical development, what he wanted to do. And honestly, I mean, I have no proof that this is true, but I feel like, although a lot of people could say, I feel like once he reformed the Pixies and their this whole reformed Pixies is just basically, which I do not... I, I do not take away from him for cashing in on it because they never did when they were a band and even though everyone critically loved them they, they never did good they never made money they never were considered commercially successful now it's their biggest success was later so I don't I don't begrudge him that but I don't think his heart's in it as much uh, and really and I just this last Pixies album they put out it's fine but it just didn't it's it hard man didn't you grab know, me at how all how many bands go, are able to go back and make yeah, no, it's after true. that it's many true. years, especially of being a part, and especially when the band is basically the creative vision of one guy, and it's and he's the you know, the, and and he also got rid of the one foil left though, Kim Deal, who was kind of like his foil, right, but she did right. add a lot to the Pixies, and she, but that's a whole other thing. I, we don't need to get into. Um, all right, so put out a, just like he, oh, he put out a Pixies record that was last year. Uh, beneath he just did, Irie. and they did, uh, yeah. Um, Mark, uh, beneath uh, Erie. Beneath Erie. Erie. Now, Mark, uh, did you listen to their pod? They did a podcast that was really cool. The recording of the whole record. Have, have you listened to that? I didn't listen to that one. Um, oh, it's it's I, great. It's better than the record. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Because you could hear them, you know, uh, they, they they went to this, like, um, converted, like, farmhouse that's a studio, and they recorded with this, uh, um, I, I, Gil, is it Gil Norton? It might have been Gil Norton again, but, uh, and they just uh, no. go, 
I, I didn't. Um, it's. I think it's Tom something. I forget. Some other British, it, but it's another British guy, and uh, and it's just the, the, it's really good the podcast. But yeah, the end result. I, I feel like he sort of let it be produced. He let them produce him too much and he just sort of listened to other people too much and and that's what i mean when i say i feel like his heart may not totally be in it but who knows i I mean how old is black francis francis he's about the same he's a little younger than us so he's in his uh, 50s early 50s you know what it's like right yeah that's true (laughs) all right so let's get into there's a lot of songs here let's get into this record uh, let's get the record starts out with a bang oh yeah Oh, uh, it's such a great list. This is the first track. Whatever happened to Pong? Straight up punk rock, and once he kicks right. into it, uh, yes. Now, Mark, I feel like you're too young to remember to like to know Pong, aren't you? Um, I mean, I, I was in a punk band. I was in a punk band in the '90s in high school. Uh, no, he I, said I Pong, not Pong. I, no, I, no, I, Pong, not Punk. I'm Pong. Pong. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> no, but the Pong. No, I, mean, I don't know Pong. I never played Pong. It's a shame right, they yeah, have to say Barry. I'm not an idiot, but you know, in case people had, were not able to discern that on their own. I don't feel like I'm that big of an idiot. Maybe yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I should say. Yeah, Pong. Though, what happened to Pong? Though, we remember Pong. Oh yeah, me and Barry played Pong. Yeah, uh, sure. And it was so exciting. And but but it's funny because I feel like this is also sort of a metaphor. He's sort of using it as a metaphor for whatever happened because he's also maybe thinking like things are getting because don't forget at this time like um, grunge, I think the thing that pe- that yeah. maybe hurt his career was grunge. Like the grunge yeah. thing came out and it was so big, which is and, ironic because one of Nirvana's biggest influences. It's oh, uh, Kurt Cobain loved that. Was Frank obsessed with him. But the was Pixies, yeah. With him. yeah, 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 and and him in particular, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, so you play? So what instrument do you play, Mark? Uh, bass mostly. Oh, so you which weren't really a musician, but yeah, yeah I knew that was. I, I never always. <laughs> if you're a bass player, you always have to have a reply ready because you or a drummer. Oh, a drummer! I had two. I had the chances are one. You know, two out of three. Barry, I had a chance to do my true, job. True, true. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> the, odds, the odds were in my favor. <laughs> I was afraid when he said bass player. I was like, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Just waiting. It was like the. It was so, like that. It was like that. You just like threw that. That pitch he, that he was lobbed right it in, and I can't yeah. resist. You know, I swing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, when he says now, virtually everyone's singing a popular song. Yeah, but I still believe in the excellent joy of the punk. <laughs> so you could be saying the excellent joy of the punk. You know, like the classic 
fast because that's short, what, and that's because that's how he plays it. You know, he hits exactly. it and it's uh, it's doesn't have it doesn't sound grungy. It sounds like you know a punk rock band. So. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But great. Uh, and uh, he's just I love the way he writes musically. He throws in these little extra time signatures, or yeah. or he switches it up, or he throw he'll well, take he's, out and he's got think- his music. He's got his chord repertoire, which comes up. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. We've talked about that. Um, you know, uh, like we had, who were we talking about that had a, I said, oh, there's a Frank Black chord change in that song. I don't remember, but a lot, a lot, because they were actually, the Pixies were actually very uh, yeah. um, influential in uh, bands that came out like in the later 90s or the 2000s for sure. Sure. Um, all right, so now we get the number two song. How do you pronounce this, Mark? How do you pronounce it? Uh, Thalassocracy. Ah, okay, so and Thalassa uh, refers to the ocean or water, right? Right. Well, full disclosure, I I read the de- I looked up the definition of what uh, thalassocracy is, and I still don't know what it means. Well, I can <laughs> tell you the, the only reason the only reason I know what th- thalasso means is because there's a subreddit called thalassophobia, and it's all pictures of people or things in deep deep water that's dark okay so there's a water uh, thing to it deep Um, dark water where the unknown is yeah all right well let's listen to a little bit of thalassocracy I just I love when he pushes his voice. Yeah, I hear the little buzzcocks in there. I was like, it's got you know how Pete. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know how Pete Shelley does that. That just imagine that voice an octave higher, and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) right, right. That's good. Yeah, you're right. I I would bet. I'm I'm sure he has to be a big buzzcock fan, and they've got to be. Everybody loves the buzzcocks. Who doesn't love? Do do you love? Do you like the buzzcocks, Mark? I'm not super familiar with them. Oh. All right, well, it's been it's been nice having you on the show, Mark. You know, uh, what's next week, Mary? You're, you're allowed because you were born in 1980, and by the yeah, the are over almost by 1980. So yeah, pick were. up singles going steady, and you'll be like, holy fucking yeah. shit! What have you guys have done a show see? on them? Uh, we, we did. did. Uh, thanks for being. I, I thought you were a big fan. <laughs> I, I, I it was a long time ago. It was an early season one. Early I think show. season yeah. one. Yeah, but singles going steady now. I think it was just no. It was with um. It was with Tim Muffet. Tim Muffet. Yeah, that's right. Who had a personal uh, encounter uh, with Pete Shelley. Could have been the late great. The late great Pete Shelley. Great. Who he could have been more of an encounter had he. It could have if he had he been, so chose. Instead of being drunken in Fort Lauderdale and running away with it, with there like his go. shoes untied. <laughs> <laughs> if I so, recall. So, but you must. So, Mark, uh, at this point, you were already you were into punk. You like that. So, you must have been all in by this record. You got it. You were like all in already, right? Because this is right up. Oh your yeah, alley and those right? first two tracks of this record to me are like right up there with just some of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, and they're great. They're so they're short. They're like a yeah, like a minute yeah, and a half, yeah. and just they just hit you, bam, bam, and then you get sort of hit again. But this next one, I feel like, is 
also kind of like maybe his mission statement or something. Yeah, you know? I totally agree with you. Right, right. All right, let's yeah. to, we'll talk about it. Let's listen to a little bit. I want to live on an abstract plane. major to the minor it's, like yeah exactly yeah, um right 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 and yep also that one's got some really interesting time signatures in it it goes yeah there's a bar of six there's a bar of eight and then there's a bar of ten so wow yeah and he's great with that because he's great doing that and still making it sound uh, catchy and palatable and like weird a little weird but not too you can't weird, figure you know? out exactly why it's weird but yeah it's, exactly. uh, it's uh yeah it's it's very cool so so go ahead mark what were you saying about because uh, you feel i feel like yeah this the way he's what he's saying in the song is is what what do you what do you think well it, it's a little difficult but i was just thinking you know there's no title track for this album but i was kind of trying to look for like a theme in the whole album right and it kind of feels like with all the disparate references in the lyrics that he's like creating this abstract world for the listener to listen to this album. Cause it it doesn't sound like a regular album from the 1990s in any particular place. It sounds like it's been sent from like some other. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I I would agree. Yeah. That's it. I agree. Yeah. That's probably why it was not positively received (laughs) at the time. Well, it's, we, 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 we encounter this over and over with records. Is it, and I, and I've heard, I've said this a bunch of times, the Stanley Kubrick movie phenomenon where the movie comes out and people are like, and you know, yeah, I mean, it's, blah, weird. it's weird. <laughs> I didn't really get it, and it's an, and and then ten years later, they're like, "Oh my god, he's a genius!" <laughs> this was a, right. He's a genius. You know, The Shining when it came out, people were like, eh, "Yeah, it's whatever." And then now you you're like, "Oh my god!" You know, this it's a work of art. Um, so right. this this is I think this probably is the same problem. You know, being ahead of the curve is not commercially, um, not always commercially. Yeah. Now, I we don't. I know Mark. Uh, I, I love keep calling you Mark because I know that's not your name. We're using, <laughs> but uh, can we say I don't want to? I don't want to pinpoint where you are. But would you? Are you? Are you East Coast or West Coast? Let's. Say oh, that. I'm West Coast. You I'm, are West. Coast. I'm near okay. near Southern California. Okay, because he uh, he was from Boston. Obviously, uh, grew up. You know, born in Boston, grew up there. But he which became explains like why a, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? <laughs> well, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he, just... he became sort of enchanted with California and like the West coast like that. Yeah. And, and he writes a lot about it. And I think this next song is uh, like definitely... our guest Todd Phillips is from Boston. And then he moved to California. Right? He did. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a very, it's a siren. The, the sirens call of the West coast is, is a real <laughs> exactly. thing. It's beautiful out there. The All right. Let's good. listen to, let's listen to a little bit of Calistan. there that i hear and i don't know whether he would cop to or not but i hear a little tom petty in there oh yeah and yeah that, no um, i can hear that that sort of um american way of sing speaking a story and yeah. Well, he, as he went on, he got more and more like that. Like some people even said, oh, his dire straits phase or something. Oh, or, but well, definitely. Oh, well, that, well th- there you go, because that's, Same the, thing, that's right, the thing yeah. that I couldn't pull out of my yeah. head was, di- was dire straits. Exactly. Yeah. And this sounds a lot like some of his, what his later stuff with a lot of it sound like. But um, what, what is, Cal- is Calistan? Is that a real, that's a real place? Is that a. No. It's not. No, I it, it, and I got lazy to, to look it up, but I, I've always pictured it as like a giant freeway going somewhere. But I, I, it sounds like a combination of California and some other place. Afghanistan. Yeah, and he he liked <laughs> to do that because I felt like he felt like as an East Coast guy, he felt like the West Coast was exotic, like weirdly exotic, romance. and the, the romance, the feeling, the empty. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Romance. Yes, yeah, sure. yes, because he was also he had a big fear of uh, fly. He didn't like to fly, so he would. Uh, tour he would like to to ride go on these road trips and tour he was not a fan of flying so he would and uh, he loves uh traveling on the road with the catholics there's even songs about it oh yeah yeah definitely yeah there is um yeah and also we should mention lyle workman he's so uh, good he is good, and he's kind of like was a studio like a studio guy that he hooked up, and he does a great job on this some, record. That's some great guitar playing on this, right? Yep, yeah. and that's a lot, a lot of the stuff is Lyle Workman, and then also the synth stuff is uh, Eric Drew Feldman, and that's yeah. that's And great. Uh, Lyle uh, has played with Beck, and he's done a bunch of TV stuff. Right, right, okay. right. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. So we skip uh, the Vanishing Spies. We're going to skip over, but now we get the song that's like a love letter uh, yeah. for, to his then girlfriend, uh, Jean Marie Walsh. Let's just yeah. Speedy Marie. Had it been part, and it was real. It always played in slow mo. 
but now it's fast. A spinning wheel. I know the dynamo. My heart is cast. This record sounds really appealing. It's really, and I guess I'm going to be one of the things that I, the reasons I don't listen to the Pixies as much is that the sound is not as appealing to me. I, I might, uh-huh. I might enjoy it more um, than I did if it weren't for the the production, and which is weird because some of it, a few of the things are, or at least one of them, like a Steve Albini thing. Oh but, God, yeah, uh, a Surfer Rosa, Surfer man. That's, Rosa. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. But, but it is, but it's very. It's got hard edges, very and hard it's edges, more yeah. harsh, and that. Yeah, it's not definitely not this. Not this. Um, ba- Bossa Nova has some songs that sound a tiny bit like the sound of Speedy Marie, where it's a little, it's a little more easygoing. Yeah, it's right. And then yeah. a lot of Pixies fans didn't like Bossa Nova. They <laughs> that they didn't like that. I remember it kind of got slagged, like they were just like polishing their edges too much. You yeah. know. Yeah, it's you know, it's about. I love uh, the word. So, Mark, I'm assuming you're a, a, a lyric guy. You're into lyrics. I know we have some guests on that they say they don't really pay attention to lyrics. But I'm, I'm actually that. more like that usually. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, but I uh, see the one thing with him is when you read his lyrics, you definitely pay off. I love. Uh, he says romant in here and so i sing this romant it's it's not enough my liberty there is a thing i want so he rhymes romant and i'm, and I'm thinking yeah. what the fuck is romant and i looked it up and it's like an archaic french it's a romantic story told in verse but it's like nice. archaic oh. french but it's like he does shit like that you know you find nice. he he loves france too he has a lot of songs that mention france he does he's like uh, jerry Lew- the jerry lewis of punk rock yeah and they love him there he's very popular there too um uh, that's definitely i don't yeah i'm not right, gonna so say with does, it, i'm not sure that's a compliment <laughs> well who knows he does <laughs> he does something really cool which mark you you realize what he does at the end of this the lyrics and the end of this in yeah, the song yeah. well good tell us explain to our listeners what he does here well, I know that it's an uh, an acrostic that has his uh, girlfriend of that time's name. So right, her full name. That. Yeah, every yeah. The, the first letter of each line, Barry uh, spells out her name. Interesting. Uh, from uh, juxtaposing each moment, site that's Jean, and it's like her whole name, Jean which, Marie which Walsh. Is, well, there's things you might not want to do, and that's you might not want to get a tattoo with your girlfriend's name. <laughs> yeah, but right. Also oh, write he a wrote song. a song by his next by his wife too. Then he's not with her either, Violet. So uh, he okay. he does that. Yeah. Um, but he did that on Bossa Nova too, because Anna, the song Anna Bossa Nova. Wow, you realize that it spells uh, surfer. Uh, the lyrics oh, right, get, uh, right. they spell surfer. Yeah, so he's 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 into stuff like that. That's like. Um, Author, who's the author? Anthony Burgess, uh, Clockwork Orange author. Actually, he added, not that book, but a book of his, Enderby, I think, a character did that in there. Like, they like sent a secret message to the uh, to the Allies from Germany, and that's how he did it with well, an nice. poem so that had It's so funny you would mention Anthony Burgess because 
across my Twitter feed today came someone posted um, a letter from Hunter S. Thompson to Anthony Burgess. And apparently Anthony Burgess was supposed to deliver a, um, a story to Rolling Stone and sent Thompson a thing saying he was going to send a 20,000 word something. And Thompson just goes off on him in the most incredibly <laughs> insulting. But, and you know, if you know Hunter S. Thompson, you're like, yeah, this is basically what I would expect him to do. Um, oh, wow. And so Anthony Burgess was part of my, um, part of today's, uh, well, look at us getting all round. literary. Yeah, man. He's a great... I, 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 went I read through, a lot of Anthony Burgess back in the me day. Me too. Me too. Oh, so cool. did I. I went through a big phase. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's take a little uh, let's take a little break here. We like to... Are you are you uh, enjoying any uh, cocktail beverage tonight, uh, Mark? I, I'm going to get a Michelada out of my fridge, yeah. Uh, who what? <laughs> Some West a Michelada? Coast shit. A Michelada? It's... Uh, what is it? It's like... Um, it's got... Uh, Mango. One of them's mango with a clamato. Is that and Barry? Beer. Did did Tim say that too? Did Tim? Because he had a weird drink when he's from California too. Remember our guest Tim in the um. We Todd, really need to regroup. Todd, Todd that's Phyllis. it. I knew it was a T. Sorry. It's always no. the easy names that are hard to remember. It is. I'm he sorry. He was drinking My something, mistake. but it wasn't that. He he had it was, But it was also something we never heard of. It was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's take a little break. We'll be back more with Mark Garita. Wink, wink. Uh, and talking more about Frank Black and Teenager of the Year. We'll be back in a minute. Hi, this is Daniel. I'm the Mac OS 10.14.6 British male voice that does these adverts every week. I'm here to tell you about that record got me high sponsor. Is this tomorrow? Is this Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic conceived and produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane. They've been doing the comic for a long time, so you get a lot of value for your money, which is easy, because it's free. That said, every week there's 6 or 8 panels of Stink Eye, aimed at the media machine, eating away at our democracy like those giant, hideous, grasshoppers that you see in the summer. Is This Tomorrow is a can of intellectual bug spray, not just a can. It's a tractor trailer, filled with enough industrial strength shit to clear your brain of any illogical thoughts, lingering doubts, or whatever. I got carried away. Visit Is This Tomorrow at isthistomorrow.com at isthistomorrow.com isthistomorrow.com Now available in a convenient 64 ounce cup, like a big gulp of truth. We are back. This is That Record Got Me High. We are talking to the creator of the That Facebook Got Me High. Uh, that What is that? The Facebook group got me high. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Mark Gurita. And I'm talking about uh, one of his favorite, uh, I guess, one of your favorite artists, right? Would you say Oh, that? yeah. No, he's my favorite. He is. Like yeah. stalker. You're almost like a stalker, right? I spent a lot of time uh, listening to his music. <laughs> well, hey, you could do a lot worse than, yeah, sure uh, than Frank yeah. Black. Um, all right, so now we get his biggest. This is his biggest hit. 
his biggest solo hit is on this record, and it's really a perfectly constructed pop song uh, about having a headache. Uh, so let's listen to Headache. This wrinkling time can't give it no credit. I thought about my space. So Barry, another. What does this song do? It opens with the chorus. It, it does, and it has um, for the, and not necessarily. Um, it's got an interesting instrumentation. It's sort of an acoustic guitar thing, actually. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> with well, some you, organ and some keys at the edges of the mix, but it's. Can um, you can you picture Roy like someone like Roy Orbison singing this song? For sure. Oh, totally. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and it has a, a pitch raise at the end too. It raises the pitch, so it's oh, definitely a gear shift. Yeah, there yeah, you go. yeah, definitely a pop song. But um, so, uh, Mark, he's a. Do big you think he science. wrote this to write a hit? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe. Yeah, man, it, it's definitely. Well, he's. I mean, he could write catchy songs. He writes really. Um, Here comes your man. I mean. Oh right, that's, sure. That's like yeah. one of the catchiest but songs. But do you think uh, he, at some point, you know? The, the, I don't you know, know. Oh, we need to. There, we need to have. We need a radio single. I mean, which is something that happened or did happen when you. It sounds you know, like it, but it's still weird. It's it's it weird is. for yeah, an yeah, actor. Sure. Like how, Do you how, think, how like how big of a hit was this? Because I I recognized it immediately. Like oh, I've heard this. Well, it was like he had the video was played on MTV yep. at the yeah. time, and yeah. But do you think he was a big science fiction fan? So he, the, yeah. A Wrinkle in Time is a science fiction book, right? All right. Yeah. So he it probably is. threw yeah. that in there. Um, and I just love the the way uh, the, when he says, "My heart's crammed in my cranium," and yeah. still knows how to pound. It's like so he's doing he's sort of putting heartache in with having a headache, yeah. and uh, it's, it's great. Yeah, so clever. And sometimes I'm silly, and I think about it as my heart's crammed in my cranium. <laughs> oh right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, that was one where I, I was like, oh, I, I know this song. I, I, I yeah. This. Oh, okay. From well, that's cool. Twenty six years ago. Um. Yeah, but it's a great, it's a great song, and the uh, the video is actually fun. It, yeah, it's a, it's a fun video. And there's some other songs on this album that don't even have a lot of choruses, so it's almost kind of like making up for not a lot of choruses on those. Yes, yeah. right. It's definitely yeah, like a sing along chorus. And um, all right, so this next one we get Joey Santiago finally uh, yeah. on, on a lead, and this I feel like is definitely like a, a forward-looking song because it definitely sounds like some of his later work. Uh, this one, let's listen to Sir Rockabye.
don't show it And you're smiling it too Even in deep, deep outer space There's something for you country some little country touches in there it's not a country set of chord changes but the texturally there's some uh definitely some uh nods to classic country in the in yeah the well he got really heavy into this style right. sort of americana that honeycomb he put out that honeycomb record uh which is st- it's great stuff but it's like this when you listen to this this does not sound like it'd be on the same record as those first three songs no. you know Right. There's another one called Fast Man, Raider Man that I like more than Honeycomb, but it, there's two discs and, you know, I, I, you might like it. I was going to recommend it to you, Rob. Oh, no. I, I Believe me, I'm I'm, I'm heavily, I know all his records. I, I know all his records. I, oh, I'm, I'm heavy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a heavy Frank Black fan and I've heard Rob, all of his records. If you hear Rob Elba's songwriting, you're going to hear a heavy Frank Black in There's that unabashed, Frank Black. Yeah. I'm an unabashed fan, and I like pretty much everything he's he's done. But this next one, I would think, could be my favorite. Oh, this is the best. This is my. I think it's my favorite Frank Black song uh, out of all the songs. I love a lot of his songs, but this one, fuck yes, let's listen to Freedom, (laughs) Freedom Rock. Changes really cool lyrics. Oh, this is like his little micro mini rock opera. I feel like it's got different <laughs> yeah. parts. It's got that uh, blistering intro, yeah, which like also MC becomes the outro, almost like MC Five. Yeah, intro. and then and then he's got the ironic alternative rock verses, and then we didn't even get to it. In the middle, it goes into this reggae uh, bridge. That's and just. There, there's another song that we're not going to talk about it, but the, that song "Fiddle Riddle" is kind of a similar style to that. Yes, part. right, right. But yeah, so this is that's such a good song, though. Would you? So now, did you? I, I, faux reggae, <laughs> faux reggae, two weeks in a row because 
Last well, week, least, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, um, last that, week we had uh, Van Halen. What was the right? <laughs> but, but you said the police. All yeah, these bands really were like picking yeah, up their imitating the police. The police. Yeah, Frank Black's yeah. uh-huh. probably actually imitating actual reggae. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a fan. I think he's, uh, he's Agreed, definitely a yeah. fan. So well, I guess that Freedom Rock, I guess, was an actual thing, and I've never really found out what it is. But I don't know if it, <laughs> well, it's like it's like some kind of seventies rock or something. I don't know. I but it's so funny because I just the lyrics like my, my name is Chip. I'm different. Yeah. I don't oh, conform. Yeah. I wear a different uniform. Right. So it's yeah. like I love he's when he's talking snarky, to the yeah. people in 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 the record shop. You know. <laughs> yeah. All I listen to. What's all I listen to is Freedom Rock. <laughs> Freedom Rock. Yeah. <laughs> And my uh, other my other take on that chip thing is if you think of it as a microchip who oh. thinks that thinks that it has free thought and it doesn't. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. that's chip. good. Mm. I could totally picture him throwing yeah, that shit in go. there. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing, real quick. Uh, when he says nobody owns the pleasures of tones, yeah. that belongs to a guy with no ear. He's talking about Van Gogh. Uh, yeah, oh, do you okay. think that's great? I, oh I, yeah, no, it, it definitely yeah. Uh, okay, okay, that's that's awesome. Belongs to a guy with no ear. That's <laughs> Vincent Van Gogh. Yep. Yep. How many guys with no ears do we know? <laughs> yeah, well, how many famous guys with one missing ear are there? Right. He's, so, he's definitely first top of the heap on that one. So, <laughs> so if you look at it this way, the the moral of the Steve, song. Stephen I, Colbert is number two, but that's something you have to know about oh, Stephen okay. Colbert. He's got a missing. Oh really? Yeah. Once you see it, you'll never unsee it. So the moral of this song is like the essence of our podcast, Barry, because it's like, like what you like, listen to what you want to listen to, and fuck the record shop elitists, you know? (laughs) Yes. That's what I'm getting out of it. Okay. But uh, who knows? Uh, Okay, yeah. Um, We sort of fall in both camps, though, so we have to be, you know, we have to cop to the fact that we're not chipped. Definitely. No, no, we're not. No, yeah. No, you're you're right. Believe me. You know Um, all right, so now, Barry, dude, I don't know how deeply you dug into it. We're not it, bad but... people, but we're not good people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> There's worse. There's worse people. Um, Barry, I don't know if you know this. what this next song is about, what the subject is, how deep uh, uh, Mulholland, you dug. It's a, I do. Two real, I, no, no. A, a two real, I, no, oh, two, oh, two realers is the next Two realers, I do not know what it's about. Oh, uh, uh, then you're going to love this because you're a fan. I, you must <laughs> know Mark. You know Mark, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's listen to first Two Realers. of the two wheelers the most and he's, and he's name checking people most important was uh, a brother mo he was the oh, one who made it so he, yeah awesome. it's, this awesome. whole song is an homage to the right stooges and his voice sounds so much like someone else's voice that in this song 
that I, 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 and I can't figure out what it is, but it's, um, God, it's so tonally he's singing exactly like someone that I recognize, <laughs> and I just, I just don't know. Um, he sounds like him to me. He sounds like Frank. He Black does, but he's. I'll get it. So, and I'll, I'll, I will reveal it by playing whatever it is up underneath here. So we'll, now I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be honest, Mark. I didn't realize. I, I I loved this record when it came out, and I listened to it a lot. But I didn't know realize what it was about till just doing my homework this week, and then I, oh, nice. I discovered it. So I didn't know that was a great. But Barry, the words. If if all you see is violence then i make a plea in their defense don't you know they speak vaudevillian and for what it is to hear my theory is some gibberish it is so serious what we need is more silly men oh yeah it's so it's great it's so great i I watched i watched a lot of three stooges growing up i know i know you know do you know who my favorite stooge is oh uh joe (laughs) no (laughs) my favorite stooge is Shemp. shemp I'm a oh, Shemp okay. fan. And I think you've told me that before. I, I relate in some way to Shemp's sort of outsider role as a as a student. Oh, okay. You know, he like comes he had to come in and fill when you know Curly when Curly got sick, he had to come in and fill in, but uh and he's got this uh something about Shemp, that greasy hair and you know. I'm a Larry guy. I'm I'm a Larry guy. Larry's so. well, like yeah. I mean I they're all they're how about you, all, how about you Mark? People. Do you are you into do you, are you I ready? didn't watch enough of it. <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> well, ridiculous. N- n- Mo is nobody's favorite, I don't think, because Mo Aww. is. It's okay. <laughs> Poor Mo. Mo lived the longest, right? He was the, he was the one that outlasted them all, though. I think so. And yeah. there's something in the lyrics too, where it's like down to one stooge. So maybe it was Mo. Mo, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. Because he mentioned, yeah. Because actually, in the song, he mentioned because there were six altogether because they kept changing them. So he mentions all of them, like all six, which some of them I didn't even know myself. Well, the, but the original three were were um, Mo, Curly, and L- Larry Fine, who was from a different. Mo family. and Larry, yeah. Well, Mo and Larry were through all the iterations, but they had different. Uh, right, yeah, they had Curly, ones. and then Curly had a stroke, and it was really <laughs> fucking sad. And then Shemp came in, and Shemp was a Howard brother. And he was yeah, in yeah. other movies and stuff too. And then after that, they got Cur- they got Curly Joe, who sucked, and they had Joe Besser, and it was like, yes, yes. those are just like. <laughs> I just love that. Obviously, he's a the legitimate big fan, and he wrote, yeah. it, and "I'm going to write a song for them." And he's great at that. He does on the first album. He does that Ramones homage. Uh, I, already, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, right. And I love that. That's one of my favorite. Uh, that's another one of my favorites of his. And it's just so good. It doesn't sound like anything like the Ramones, but it's an homage to the Ramones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so we. So this is the one old, that I know. I know what it's about because I read uh, read about it. The old, okay, old, old, old Mulholland, which is about the um, the uh, guy who basically built Southern California, right? Uh, he was he he did the 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 Los Angeles Aqueduct. Yeah, like I said. Uh, okay, so more <laughs> this is more love for his new home of Los Angeles. Let's listen to Old Mulholland.
and the way they sound there's a um there's a little robert fripp head nod in that first little dis- dissonant run that's a totally um something robert someone imitating robert fripp would play something like that and and know that nice. you would go that's robert i'm 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 imitating robert fripp oh, okay and the sounds the tones of the guitar hey, that's a great song it's a great sounding song um it's it one is. of my favorite songs on the record yeah, that's a, it's a great one. And it's the e- epic of the record because it's 4 minutes 41, so the longest song by far <laughs> right. on this yeah, record. Right. Uh, I, another thing I love what he does, he rhymes uh, Doti, which is like an Indian sarong thing. Just in my uh, Doti, running in the dawn right across my lawn, I saw a coyote. So he yeah. rhymes Doti with coyote. <laughs> yeah. Being very clever. It's clever. Something is it too clever? No, it's not. I think it's just clever enough. Well, and like you guys had said in that Ramones episode, you're wondering why you know the Ramones weren't a little bigger than they were. And part of it, you said that they were you know a little bit smarter, uh, too clever. Yeah, too clever. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Frank I agree. Black is like that, but even worse. Oh yeah, no, you're right. You know, yeah, even more smart. Because I, you know, I, I, ha- I graduated with honors from college, and I still don't understand half the things he's talking about. <laughs> yes, extremely intelligent, well, and I'm never, sure all never underestimate the power of bullshit. So it's, <laughs> some of it is just bullshit that he's making up. To, to uh, no, but he's, a, you. he's a smart guy. Yeah, yeah, but he's great. But he's just great with words and using words and not, you know, he right. doesn't pull out uh, the same old uh, musical tropes. Definitely not that. Agre- That's agreed. Not yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, harmonically, there's some really cool things on this record that are um, very, very interesting and, and See, rhythmically, too. Right. Now, this next song, is it a, a lo- it sounds on the surface like a love song, but is it just a love song? Let's listen to Phaser Eyes. I don't know that that's a that's that's a um, a love song. I don't know that right. laser eyes or something. That that sounds like the, when someone fixes you with the uh, that uh, look of a um, little too intense. Like what did I do? Yeah, what did I do? yeah. 
May, yeah, because he says, may I leave? I believe I might. The sweet collapse. Baby, I cannot get me free when you've oh, got huh. your phaser eyes on me. So, yeah, I don't That's know. Maybe, I, yeah, I can tell you uh, 100% no girl has ever looked at me with any kind of eyes, phaser <laughs> eyes or anything. So, I don't know. Um, but, and uh, Lyle Workman. Uh, well, one, so great, did, one did. One did, yeah. That yeah, one time. Me and that's it. Yeah, that one time. Um, <laughs> that one time. <laughs> Lyle Workman does some uh, sweet uh, slide playing oh, at yes. the end of this one. That's but really great. Awesome. The guitar, He's really great. great guitar sounds. Well, well, on one us. thing, Frank Black has always surrounded himself with good, really good musicians. Always. That's right? A good idea, yeah. Yeah, always. Yeah. Um, you, could, you could take a tent there, Rob, sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we uh, we skip. I could stay here forever, and now we go to the. I, I just love the the title. This is a cool song, but I love the title of it. The I guess host- it's an an idiom, an English idiom. Oh, the is it okay? The hostess with the mostess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's listen to it. So I know where this song comes from because the, the the guitar riff at the beginning, I was like, wow, that sounds just like Billy Zoom. This is an X, an homage to X. And it's oh, got a huh. few, it's got a few uh, more. I could hear X, yeah, for sure. It's got a few more chords than your average X song, but that the once the guitar solo hits, I'm like, it's it's like a Billy Zoom guitar solo. So I don't know if he's. I, I gotta think he's doing it somewhat with a wink, wink, nod, nod, because hostess with the mostest also sounds like something that Exine and uh, John would have written and sung about. Um, like uh, your phone's off the hook, but you're not, or or. Uh, um, <laughs> well, what's the song actually about, though? Do do you know what it's about, uh, Mark? I actually don't know. I think it's about the Mall of America, that big mall in Minnesota. Oh, wow. Because he's talking about the uh, fluorescent lights and uh, her majestic calls. And then he goes, I hit the mall at the end. He says, I hit the mall oh, on every yeah, Friday yeah. When, when it was biggest in the world. Mm. The hostess with the mostest. Mm. Uh, that's the biggest mall in the world is the Mall of America in Minnesota. Wow. So, yeah. Well, in Ole Mulholland, uh, he, mentions Ray, he mentions Bradbury's Mall. And he's talking about Ray Bradbury. And he's talking about the Glendale Galleria in California, but uh, oh, okay. Well, it could be actually. It could be that too. Then maybe. Yeah, when but, I think of right hostess, I just think of Twinkies because Henry <laughs> Henry bought a box of Twinkies and they're sitting in the cabinet up there. And thankfully, I'm not a big fan, but um, <laughs> right. they are there. And hostess, hostess Twinkies. So, <laughs> so the guitar stuff on this, it's both uh, La Workman and Joey Santiago takes yeah. a lead too at the end. So it's great and. Uh, I could be uh, totally was, wrong about the X thing. I apologize to the Pixie that intro, fans. But that intro thing, yes, yeah, and all hate it, mail to Barry Stock for that. Sounds like, it sounds like it sounds like Billy's. <laughs> well, jo- John Doe uh, toured with him a lot, so aha, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. 
There you go. See, nothing comes from nothing. All right, That's so right. we got this song. Uh, this is a really fun, intricate, yeah. yet still catchy song. I love it. Let's listen to Super Abound. and the guitar come in and that little that little bit from the quiet bit yeah yeah they well sound, very, uh, pixies re- very they, pixies-ish there right yeah because the with the bass coming in and the quiet and then it gets louder but all right so what's uh, this one is basically like about being bored right and just like right, exactly. on the prowl for something new right yeah um and, and there's some he bought a ticket for the freak so he went to the circus and I guess P.T. Barnum used to do some trick where he would say, go see the egress. And it sounds like it's something cool, but egress just means exit. exit. So yes, it was a, a way for him to get them to. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, see, he's so good at throwing shit like that in these right. songs. It makes him so yes, interesting. go see the egress. That's Barnum. great. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, you move, because he said, yeah, he says after that, he says, because you move when the salesman speaks. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Um, and, and one thing I didn't want to torture you guys with, with uh, music, musically about this album, um, one of the things you probably noticed this, Rob, that, that he has a lot of songs in his career that are three chords and they're given equal amount of time. Oh. And not oh. that many songwriters will do that. Usually if it's if it's three chords, you'll play one chord for half the time and split the other time between the other two chords. I never that's something I never even really thought of. Huh. Yeah, so that's interesting. That's like that that's in- like Weezer guy level of analysis there. What's his yeah. name? What's his name? Uh, Rivers Cuomo. Rivers yeah. Cuomo, yeah. <laughs> Um, Maybe oh, you missed great. your calling. Maybe you should start writing pop songs because that's. <laughs> there you go. It's never too late, Mark. Garita. <laughs> you already have your stage name, so. <laughs> True, right? Yeah. You got Black Francis. Now you got Mark Garita. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna skip the uh, big red and space. Gonna be yeah. Good. Yeah. But we get uh, the last one. We're gonna talk about it, and this is his. His sci-fi conspiracy stuff is something he really leaned hard into a lot and for a while. Definitely the last two uh, Pixies records, for sure. Or didn't you post a UFOs are real picture of him holding a photo that said UFOs are real? Didn't you post that today? Somebody po- I thought I saw a picture of him holding I a didn't, hand, uh, a hand. Did you post hand? that, Mark? I did not, know. Somebody oh, did. Saw a little, it was posted that uh, um, 
Actually, maybe I was just digging around. Maybe you only think, maybe you only imagined nah, yourself. I didn't right. imagine, but it was from the Pixies days, and he, it was a hand letter thing, hold, him holding up saying, UFOs well, you, exist. When I texted you the other day, you said that you were going to follow him on Twitter, so maybe you saw something. Oh, it could be that. Yeah, uh, that could be, yes. All right, so let's listen to, anyway, let's listen to a little bit of White Noisemaker. sort of conspiracy type thing because I'm thinking the block like the white noise maker he wants to block out the noises in his head mm. by the sat- that, that the satellites are causing yeah I think that I think they were just trendy for a while yeah, <laughs> yeah everything has sort of a everything has sort of a cycle oh, white noise maker yeah yeah, yeah yeah or no but I mean conspiracy like the certain versions of you know UFOs have their their time and then then you get QAnon and crazy shit like that. But he says it's it's been so long since my uh, Telstar. Telstar is satellite. a satellite, satellite, right? So I hope it crashes in the sea. Yep. So why does he hope it's crashing? Because it's been like uh, broadcasting uh, into muddling his brain. up his brain. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but it still is a great song, and I love this is the thing the that I love about paranoid it. conspiracy theories is they all require the person who's the concocter of the theory to be to overrate their universal significance by a magnitude of like a thousand so (laughs) okay (laughs) nobody gives it the problem is yeah 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 ultimately though as much as a lot of this uh future whatever he does whatever he sing about something really futuristic or modern what i always really appreciate about him is that he always still rocked it's always still yeah. rocking and i think he's at the end of the day he's a he's a big rock fan a big like uh you know early rock fan yeah, right there's, so, some, there's yeah. echoes of 50s rock and and the in the way that he um just the way he 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 shifts from one like he 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 you know makes things a lot more complicated but then he'll there'll be something you hear and you'll be like oh that's you know that's just like something from like 1962 that the way he does that change or um the the the, the things he picks he's definitely got uh, uh, an ear on that stuff the very the the yeah. the, 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 the the primal stuff well, and he was a Bowie fan too. And what was that name of that? Oh, the magpie thing? That kind of bird that picks up things from oh, everywhere? Oh, the and, thieves, yeah. Bowie was a yeah. magpie, yes. 
Yes. Led Zeppelin, Bowie, um, they were all magpies where they st- take you're the You're right, yeah, and I guess bit. maybe he is too, and you're right, he is a huge Bowie fan, yeah. Um, and yeah, we should say, even though these are the songs we're covered, but I, this, all the songs in this thing are pretty great. I don't think there isn't a bad song on this record, really. There's nothing really throwaway. I mean, it's just like there's a lot to digest and to get through, but it's really great. Yeah, this is one record where I, I kind of wish we had more than a, a, a week to... Um such are the constraints that's of, right, man. Uh, that like record a, got me high it's a drag race every week it's like you get but, up to the uh, light, press the you know press the accelerator and go yeah but thank you so much for bringing this to us uh mark, mark. Uh, <laughs> if that's your real name <laughs> and of course it's not but thank you for coming on and even though you From don't really want to be associated with really me where you are it's probably not <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, thank you guys so much, and thank you Barry for your patience uh, with all the text. Because I, 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 every time I think of somebody that would be good for the podcast, I'll tell Barry, and he's just oh, been okay. such a gentleman about it. It's I really appreciate. Oh, it. Oh, good. Yeah, I know. I really appreciate you bothering it Barry. Must, it must me. not have been uh, that annoying because I, I don't, I don't remember being annoyed. Um, generally, <laughs> if you, if I'm annoyed, I'm annoyed, generally you'll know. Well, I'm glad you texted Barry because I'm annoyed now just hearing about it now. So I'm glad you didn't text me about it. No, it's fine. No, no. uh, We'll always take suggestions. And uh, don't forget, visit uh, the group. That Facebook group got me high. That's right. Is uh, is the unofficial uh, That Record Got Me High Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. And Rob, what What if your wallet is bulging and you got a bunch of cash you need to get rid of? What should you do? You know what, Barry? You should go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. And become a patron of the show, like so many people have. And uh, I'm giving you guys, I'm giving them little sneak peeks of our future yeah. guests and stuff people don't know. So, you know, if you want to be if you, and we on the we, inside, yeah, that's right. You want to do that. And uh, I think we could say what we got next week coming up. Uh, yes. We have Mr. Russell Mofsky of Gold Dust Lounge. Finally. And we're, and we're, yeah, finally, we've been talking about this a while. We're going to be doing uh, Godspeed You, Black Emperor's uh, first album, debut oh, album. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which I guess is called F sharp, A sharp, Infinity. Mm-hmm. It's just like symbols, but that's what it's, it's called. It's good, yeah. And Barry, I don't even know this. There's going to be a bonus live performance at the end of the episode with Russell. I think we're going to go over to Russell's place and put together a little uh, little improvised live performance oh, at the okay, end. Okay, cool. That. Am I in, so, in on that too, or is that just Yes, you are. You have to be. No, you have to be. All right. <laughs> so I was going to tell you about it eventually. I guess I need to start playing guitar again since I haven't really Sunday. touched it in three and a half months. So. <laughs> No, don't waste well, it. How can yeah. you play the guitar over that crane that's beeping? Oh my God! <laughs> no, no, we're going to go over Russell. Now there's two cranes. There's two. <laughs> they they put a new one in, and the building it's like a 40 story building, and they're on like the third story. So let me tell you, the beeping <laughs> wow. is. You need to get a white noisemaker. There you go. Good callback. Good callback. Good job. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Once again, thank you, Mark Narita, awesome. for coming on the show. Yeah, it was a lot Great of fun. Record. And uh, don't forget, go to Patreon, become a patron of the show. We appreciate it. Just thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it, everyone. We, do. we will see Bye, you guys. guys next week. We're out. Good as gold I can't get enough
Methodist death. 